everyone. I'm Ray Belli, and this is Words for Granted, a podcast that looks at how words change over time. If you value this podcast as a free educational resource, you can support the show and get access to past bonus episodes by making a monthly donation at patreon.com slash words for granted. Thanks to Alex, Jess, G, Justin, and Glenn for their recent contributions. If Patreon's not your thing, but you still want to support the show, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash words for granted. Okay, let's get right into today's episode. We don't tend to think of understand as a compound word. You all know what compound words are, right? Words like mailbox, railroad, snowball, words that are formed by joining two words together as one. But technically, understand is a compound word made up of the words under and stand. And the reason why we don't instinctually realize this is because when we consider the individual meanings of under and stand in relation to the meaning of understand, combining these two words together doesn't make much sense. On the contrary, mailbox, railroad, and snowball are words that very logically denote a box of mail, a road of rails, and a ball of snow. But what does standing under have to do with understanding? Maybe some of you are thinking that the under and stand in understand might be two long-lost Old English root words that coincidentally resemble the modern English words under and stand. That's not a bad idea, but no. The under and stand in understand are literally the words under and stand as we know them. Ah, but the meanings of words change over time, right? So maybe the modern English word understand is like a linguistic fossil, preserving some long-lost meanings in the form of a fixed compound. This scenario is closer to the theory we're about to explore in this episode, but don't expect any big reveal, or eureka moments. For a word that means to perceive, interpret, or grasp the intended meaning of something, the semantic logic behind the etymology of understand is confusing, even with a deep understanding of our language's past. In Old English, the word for understand was understanden. These two words are the same word, but at different points in the historical continuum. As Douglas Harper suggests in a recent edomonline.com article, confusion around the etymology of understand is probably nothing new. Prior to the early modern English period, English spelling was not fixed. In lieu of standardized spelling, scribes wrote out words phonetically, but when the written record attests an unusually high number of different spellings of a single word, which ostensibly corresponds to a large number of different pronunciations, this tends to indicate uncertainty around that word's etymological derivation. This fact is relevant to us because by the Middle English period, scribes were spelling the word understand in a lot of different ways. Since this is a podcast, you can't see what this range of spellings looked like, so I'll just read aloud a few of these variations. Note the various shades of vowel and consonant sounds in these examples. We have understand, understand, 
Unterstand, understand, hunderstand, understand, wanderstand, erdenstand. In contrast, the spellings slash pronunciations of under and stand as words unto themselves have a relatively low level of variation, which again very likely implies that Middle English scribes and everyday speakers alike probably didn't understand that understand or understand or wonderstand were actually compound words comprising under and stand. Interestingly, the word understand is also attested as a word in Middle English literally meaning to stand under. Now, this sense of the word lacks the many spelling variations we just mentioned, which perhaps reinforces the point just made about scribal confusion. Scribes understood the etymology of understand when it meant to stand under, but not when it meant to comprehend or grasp the meaning of something, because to return to the main question at hand here, what does standing under have to do with understanding? Let's start our investigation by considering the historical meanings of the individual words under and stand. In the case of stand, we have a word whose meaning has changed very little over the centuries. The Old English standen meant to be on one's feet, to remain firm, to occupy a place, to resist attack. All of these meanings can be neatly attributed to the modern English word stand as well. As for under, the Old English under did indeed mean beneath or below, but it also meant among, between, or even in the presence of. This suggests that we could literally interpret understand as meaning among stand or between stand. Now, at first glance, words like among stand and between stand are no more logical constructions than understand, given what understand means and what it always has meant. But some scholars have suggested that the idea behind the etymological construction of understand is that when you understand something, you are metaphorically standing among, standing between, or standing in the presence of truth or knowledge. That might seem like a stretch, but if you're a regular listener of this show, then you know that etymology can sometimes be metaphorical or even poetic. Look no further than our previous episode, in which we learned that the etymology of world literally means the age of man. In order to add further credence to this standing in the presence of truth theory, I want to further investigate the etymology of under itself and then compare the construction of understand to similarly constructed words in other languages. If you were to open any Old English dictionary and search for under, you'd find the full range of meanings just described. But even though both beneath slash under and between slash among have historically been understood as two senses of the same word, some scholars have suggested that there were actually two distinct unders in Old English. In other words, these unders were homophones, or words that sound the same, with two distinct meanings and two distinct etymologies. 
Because Old English scribes spelled words phonetically, and these words ostensibly sounded the same, there would have been no way to tell these two words, these two different unders, apart. Thus, Old English scribes and generations of scholars after them have perceived a single polysimus under when, in fact, we may be dealing with two separate unders. The sense of under that you and I are familiar with, the sense meaning beneath or below, can be clearly traced back to a Proto-Indo-European root word reconstructed as ndach, which meant under. That root passed into many other Indo-European languages, its derivatives often remaining close to its original meaning. In Latin, it produced the prefix infra, meaning below, which is found in the English word infrared, as in infrared light. Infrared light is light that has a frequency below that of the color red. It's also the root of the word inferno, which today means a big fire, but originally referred to hell. In Christian cosmology, hell is often depicted as a place of fiery torment, which explains the modern sense of the word, but it is also depicted as a netherworld, or a place below the earth and the heavens, hence the original sense of the word. Now, according to some linguists, the second sense of under found in Old English, but no longer in Modern English, the sense meaning between, among, or in the presence of, they think this sense of the word derives from a different Proto-Indo-European root word reconstructed as enter, which meant between or among. If this theory is correct, it suggests that in the Germanic branch of the Indo-European language family tree, the pronunciation of this root word enter shifted to under and eventually under, becoming homophonous or same-sounding as the separate word under, meaning beneath or below. The majority of Germanic languages attest a version of the word under that has both of these senses, suggesting that this shift in pronunciation occurred during the Proto-Germanic period before the splintering off of the Germanic daughter languages. For the record, that Proto-Indo-European root word enter also passed into Latin, producing the verb intrare, meaning to enter, and the prefix inter, meaning between, among, within, or during. Of course, the words enter and the prefix inter both have come down to us in modern English. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about the Lingoda Language Sprint Challenge, an intensive two-month language learning program that you just may be able to participate in for free. So, what's Lingoda? Lingoda is an online language learning school taught by professional language teachers. They offer 24-7 live classes in German, Spanish, French, and English, including business English, so you can learn according to a schedule that's convenient for you. One of the things that I like best about Lingoda is that you can customize your learning experience within their curriculum. Let's say you're in the beginner Spanish course, but you already know the alphabet, you already know como estas, mucho gusto, etc., then you can skip over the very beginner classes and start with the ones that suit your personal level. I myself am in the beginner Spanish course, and that's exactly what I did. The teachers I've had so far do a really good job of getting everyone in class to speak, not just answering questions or doing solo exercises, but actually speaking to the other students in real conversation. 
So what was that part I said about it being free? Well, if you sign up for Lingoda now, you'll be able to participate in the Lingoda Sprint Challenge. If you enroll in 15 classes per month for the next two months and attend all of your classes, you'll get 50% cash back from your enrollment fee. If you enroll in 30 classes per month for the next two months and attend all of those classes, you'll get 100% cash back. So if you're up for this sprint challenge, we have a deal here for Words for Granted listeners. You can follow the direct link in the show notes or go to lingoda.com and enter the promo code WORDSFORGRANTED, no spaces, at checkout to get $25 off your sprint challenge purchase. That's lingoda, L-I-N-G-O-D-A dot com and promo code WORDSFORGRANTED, no spaces. I hope you check it out. Okay, back to where we left off. Regardless of its true etymology, this second sense of under declined during the Middle English period, leading to our present confusion when trying to parse out the semantic logic behind the word understand. But I should mention that during the Old English period, this second sense of under was abundant. This is evident in the sheer number of compound words in which it appears as a word-forming element. The written record attests the word undersecken, meaning to examine or investigate, which literally translates into modern English as search among. The written record also attests underthanken, meaning to consider, which translates into modern English literally as in the presence of thought. This lost sense of under ostensibly accounts for the usage of under in the idiom under the circumstances, and the under in undertake, both of which are very much still part of our language today. The semantic logic behind the examples I just gave is pretty straightforward, with the exception of undertake. Remember that, according to this second etymology, we should understand the literal meaning of undertake as among take. Like understand, the semantic logic behind the etymology of undertake feels obscure, a little off. To undertake is to commit oneself to doing something, usually requiring great responsibility. Etymologically speaking, is among take really the best compound construction to express this idea? I find it only slightly less confusing than the logic behind the construction of understand, but understanding and undertaking are both abstract concepts, and Clearly, Germanic speakers found this prefix under to be a useful tool to convey linguistic abstractions. Given the abstract nature of understanding as a concept, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a word for understanding in any language that doesn't rely on some level of abstraction itself. Within the Indo-European languages, words for understanding usually employ metaphorical compounds that mean something like put together or separate. Latin actually has two words that fall into this latter category. Discernere, which literally means to divide or set apart, from which we get the modern English word discern, and intelligere, from which we get the modern English word intelligence. Intelligere is hard to literally translate, but its word-forming elements are inter, meaning between, and legere, meaning to choose, pick out, or read. As we bring today's episode to a close, 
I want to look at another Latin word. Not a word for understand, but a word for overstand. That word is superstitio, which comprises the roots super, meaning over or above, and stitio, a participle of the verb stare, meaning stand. Superstitio is where the modern English word superstition comes from, and both words have the same definition. A dread of the supernatural, a belief based on fear or ignorance and considered incompatible with truth or reason. Now, think about this for a second. I bring this up because superstition, which literally means overstand, is not only the opposite of understand in its etymological construction, but in a way also in its meaning. We are superstitious about things we do not understand. It's curious, isn't it? This astute observation is not my own. Douglas Harper makes this observation in that same edumonline.com article that I mentioned earlier. Now, since we don't have a good theory for the etymology of superstition itself, we don't really have a good theory for the connection, if any, between superstition and understanding. Is this cross-linguistic dichotomy a coincidence? Maybe, but the fact that it exists at all says something about the suggestive and metaphorical power of standing. That's kind of what this whole episode is about, I think. Standing among, standing above, standing under. Clearly, there's something about the imagery in these phrases that at one point in time really resonated with us. Something metaphorical and transcendent that's capable of conveying abstract concepts through speech. What it is specifically about that imagery that is transcendent, I'm not exactly sure. At the core of these words is some kind of ancient poetry whose precise meaning has been clouded by time. And this is the kind of thing, the kind of quasi-mystical thing even, that keeps my interest in etymology and this podcast alive after all these years. If you know of a word for understand in another language that has a curious or semantically confusing construction, shoot me an email at wordsforgranted at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and I'll share what you have to say in an upcoming episode. All right, that's it for this one, guys. I hope you loved it. Again, if you love the show, I encourage you to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, if you want to support my research and regular output of content, you can become a monthly contributor at patreon.com slash wordsforgranted or make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash wordsforgranted. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time here at Words for Granted.